Welcome to the Hattie Podcast. Uh, it has been way too long. It's called I'm Busy. It's called Heath is Busy. It's called Cole is Busy. Cole's not even here today because of how busy he is. Um, but it is the day of the – is this preseason? I don't really know. Uh, it's a game. game. To kind of get your feet back under you, that starts today. Um and the Leafs are playing, which is why I have on the Austin Matthews jersey. You have the Penguins, the Flyers, the Leafs, and I, the Canadians, and the Oilers and the Flames. All those games are today. Now, we're recording before all those games. Uh, and we're just excited for hockey to be back. But like I said, Cole's not here today, so we have Heath. Heath, how you been? Pretty good. Pretty good. Nice. Not too busy, actually. Well, hockey is officially back starting today. Um, unlike Major League Baseball, NHL has zero reported coronavirus cases, which is awesome. Uh, that means that they can either blow through it and then hopefully the bubble will keep them that way, um, which will be fantastic. Uh, and, and we're ready to roll. Um, are you looking forward to watching any of these preseason games? Are you going to watch them? Yeah, I was going to watch at least – I think I'm going to have time. I won't have time for the Penguins game. I'll have time for the Canadians. I think that's who's playing today. The Canadians and and then you got the Flames and Oilers game. Who's yeah. I, Canadians, I forgot. Yeah. I For for who's playing the Canadians? Yeah. Toronto. That's right. Okay. Yeah, so so I'm excited because I won't get home till later. But you best believe when I get home tonight at 1030 – I'll be sitting down and watching some of that Oilers-Flames game because, I mean, we got hockey. It's back. Um, live hockey is going to be back, and that's going to be really nice. And I don't think tonight will be with the intensity at all oh. of what we're going to see starting on Saturday. I think you'll see a lot of rusty players, even oh, though they had training camp. That training camp – it's not a game. A two-week training camp off of what well, three or four month break from going right into games. Yeah, so. it's gonna be it's gonna be challenging for him. I think it's gonna be some gross hockey, not perfect, but I think it should be fun to watch. Um, absolutely. Uh, obviously, tomorrow you have a huge slate of games starting at eleven a.m. with the Lightning and the Panthers. That's gonna be fantastic. I'm excited for that, um, and. And then you have Nashville finally getting to play on Thursday. I'm not even going to be able to watch most of that game because I'll be working into the evening starting at start. Well, I'll be really busy starting at three, which is when the Preds game starts. But that whole thing. And then we get Friday or Saturday, we get official games, the Rangers and the Hurricane starting us out at 11 a.m., which will be awesome. But today we're not going to spend a lot of time um, talking about a lot of other things. We kind of gave our preliminary, uh, like, here's what we think and what we're excited for in our last show. If you haven't listened to that, go back and check it out. It's still relevant. Nothing has happened since then. But we've gone through training camp. They're in the bubble. They got there a couple days ago. The bubble looks great in Nashville's and Edmonton. The Eastern teams are in Toronto. Um, but what we want to do is we really want to just go through. We, we're based in Nashville. We want to go through and break down this Preds versus Coyotes series. Um, because in reality, this series is going to be uh, – I think it's going to be intense. 
Um, I don't think it's going to be the most fun series to watch by any means personally, um, but we get to go in and we're going to break down the forwards, the defensive side of things and the goaltending side of things and just kind of see where, where everything's stacking up. Um, so let's start out with forwards. Heath, I'm going to let you go first. Let's talk Arizona Coyotes forwards. What do we think of these guys? Hang on. It's very loud over here. I have to be outside because my cleaning people randomly decided to show up. So, okay. It's gotten a little bit quieter, but um, I think the Coyotes are actually kind of a, are going to probably play a little bit of a, to what Predator fans are used to. It's probably be a little bit tougher series than they think it might be because it's, you know, the Coyotes and recently in the last few years have gotten better. Um, but you've got, you've got to think, you've got a pretty, a pretty good uh, roster here with Taylor Hall and then uh, Phil Kessel and so on and so forth. Um, my Google Chrome isn't working properly, so I'm not too far in now. So, wow. That's it, the, the NHL websites never work on Google Chrome for me anymore. So that's amazing. Um, but then you got, uh, uh, I forgot his name. I have a stick in my bedroom. Cole bought Wayne it. Kelly. Yeah, Cole got it for me at that game. But, well, I guess he didn't get it for me. But, I mean, yeah, you got Taylor Hall, Phil Kessel, Clayton Keller. I mean, it, it'll be a good series, but I really think this Coyotes team si silently will uh, have a lot of issues for the National Predators. Um, possibly if the Predators kind of go in there thinking they can, you know, smack around the Coyotes. But they've always seemed to have struggling issues against the Coyotes. So we'll see. I mean, what do you think? Well, and that's what I was going to – it's interesting to me because the Coyotes are such a weird team. Um, you think about the guys they have up front. Uh, you have guys that are notable, guys like Taylor Hall, uh, guys like – Bill Kessel, these guys who up front you look at them and you say, these guys are going to be unstoppable. You have at the center, uh, for number one center, Christian Dvorak, um, and and you start going through some of these guys, and and it's like, these are good players. Notably, Taylor Hall and, uh, and Phil Kessel are on that team. And then you have guys like Clayton Keller. But you know what's interesting about, about the team is like, the highest point getter on that team is Nick Schmaltz, who uh, who paid, played 15 minutes tonight, had 45 points, and was a uh, plus minus three. Which, if you you want to care about plus minus, you don't really have to. Um, it just wasn't uh, like a a huge powerhouse forward team. But then you look at at Nashville on the other hand, and and there's only one forward on the Nashville Predators who had more points than Nick Schmoltz, and that's Philip Forsberg with, with 48. And then you, you start having a drop-off. So the, 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 the forward matchup here is very interesting to me. I was on a website, and Heath has disappeared while I was – I had to uh, answer a question for somebody. Nice, nice. Um, but I, I look at the Arizona Coyotes – in their forwards, and and we can we can go through them. You look at Nick Schmaltz, Clayton Keller, Connor Connor Garland, Christian Dvorak, Phil Kessel, Carl Soderberg, Alex Goligoski, Derek Stefan, um, Alex Goligoski's defenseman. Keep that in mind. 
uh, Derek Stefan, Taylor Hall. Uh, and then you really have – I guess you have Vinny Henestrosa, but but he is right. – yep. I mean, they've got a good team mixed with a lot of younger guys, but then some that have been around. Um, but I really think the, the Coyotes team is going to possibly cause some fits for the Predators. Well uh, – and that's that's what I was about to say. I think when you look at the forward group, what you have had happen is the Coyotes forward group way underperformed this year. Taylor Hall, who was acquired in a trade, was bad. Um, not a point per game player. Taylor Hall has the ability to be Phil Kessel. Huge drop off this season. Yeah, those guys went on make the predators miserable i think the the phil kessel i mean, if they can get him rolling and hall and some others i mean phil kessel's got a shot that just as soon as he shoots i mean it's possibly going in the back of the back of the mat phil kessel is one of the best shots yes. in the nhl um I think for the Coyotes, though, I don't want to get too far and too deep yet with it, but I really think um, if, they, if they can get some forwards to step up, they'll be okay. Um, but they'll also have to get goaltending, um, which they've had decent goaltending in the last, throughout the season, so they should be well, okay. Well, we'll get to goaltending here in a minute. I want to talk, before we get to that, Nashville Predators forwards, Ryan Johansson, Victor Arvidsson. Philip Forsberg, the thing is, Shane, Mikhail Granlund. And you might have mentioned it, is even the Predators have had a kind of a dump-off season with some of their higher-paid players, or you could say stars on this team. Um, they just didn't have the season everybody thought they would. Well, let's, let's not even say kind of. Let's say they'd had a dump-off season. Yeah. I mean, Matthew Shane, 42 points in 66 games. Ryan Johansson, 36 points in 68 games. Nick Bonino, 35 points in 67 games. Now, let's be fair, Nick Bonino as a third-line center, that's that's pretty solid. But you really start Philip Forsberg, 48 points in 63 games. These guys are better than what their numbers say, right? Are they or are they not? Yeah. No, they are. Um, I, I just – I mean, outside of Roman Yossi, it was a, it was a down season for everybody. Well, and, and here's something to bring up as a conversation for both Nashville and Arizona. Do you have two groups of forwards who just way underperformed? Yeah, I think so. Um, you got Phil Kessel coming over. I mean, and Taylor Hall, having to get used to. Uh, I guess you could say new scenery, new new organization whatnot so it's not too surprising but then you've got the really surprising thing is for the predators at least on that side is this group's been together for years now and then they just started to they just fell off i mean outside of matt duchene but i hate to say it matt duchene 42 points in his 66 game really isn't too surprising to me what do you mean i I mean, ever since he left Colorado, well, his last few years in Colorado, he hasn't done too, too well. He did well-ish in a really short stint he had with Columbus. Um, 
but we knew getting Matt Duchesne, it was either going to be a hit, almost like a hit or miss. Yeah. With him, and I wouldn't say it's been a miss so far, but it's but definitely has not been lived up to what I think a lot of people expected. But neither has the majority of this hockey team this past season. Yeah, here's what I want to go through real quickly. I'm going to go through the National Predator forward lines that they're planning on using for this uh, play-in series. Forsberg, Johansson, Arvidsson, Taurus, Duchesne, Granlin, Grimaldi, Benino, Smith, Yarncroke, Sissons, Watson. Of all those guys, who's the one guy that you want to replace in that lineup? Uh Hang on. Say it one more time. All right, it's Forsberg, Johansson, Arvidsson, Turris, Duchesne, Granlin. I'm about to pull up an Adam Bingen tweet on uh, this Zoom call, so you can kind of see, um, so you can kind of see what we're talking about. Um, it, it, Joe Feline, um, and then you have. Sorry, I'm in the process of of this. I'm going to share my screen with you real quickly. Um, here we go. Uh, you have it right here. Okay. For, yeah. I don't have Forsberg, Twitter. Johansson, Arvidsson, oh. Turish, uh, Duchesne, Grandlin, Grimaldi, Benino, Smith, Yarncrook, Sissons, Watson. Who's the one guy out of those forwards you're taking out of the lineup? That's or, a decision. or do you like the lineup? Do you think that is the lineup that can beat the Arizona Coyotes? Yeah. I mean, I like the lineup. I, the only person that I think could have a possibility of an issue is – I don't really see a problem with it, actually. You might have to switch some things around in the forward groups. You might have to swap some lines up, but – I don't really see a problem with the current roster that they're putting out there outside of the – I mean, you have the 30-man roster, but the roster that's going to play um, and their lines put together, I don't see an issue. But like I said, they might have to tinker with the the line combinations. But you might have to pull in and out maybe an Austin Watson. I was about to bring something up about Austin Watson. Are you ready for this? Yeah. Um. Austin Watson was the team's least effective player. He got outscored by a two-to-one margin, earning a 38% expected goals rate. That is seven percentage points worse than the next worst player on the team. That, by the way, is um, from Dom Luce's scan of uh, of the athletic and his article that he published with previewing this series. Um, Yakov Trenin's better. Yeah. I would rather put in Ellie Tolvanen. Yeah. You'll look at this 2017 cup run. You saw a lot of young guys get a chance. Austin Watson was a young guy. One of these younger guys who was going to get a chance. And he was established on the team at that point. But you go back and watch those games, that man worked hard, and he was not a liability. He is now a liability. Yeah, and I think we saw that this year 
in some of the games. Well, I think most of the games and the stats back it up. Also, what is this hair doing? I have a hair just like coming out of my hat. It's kind of weird. Um, but let Austin Watson play a couple games. But my thing is, is that the Coyotes are not a good offensive team. Don't give them a place where they can become a good offensive team. Right. Um, force them to be uh, – force them to be good all throughout their lineup, not have a line that's going to be kind of a disability. And and that's what that fourth line with Austin Watson on it is. All right, let's move to defenders. Um, I think that, that it's going to be interesting to see – how the forwards play out. I think Nashville definitely has the advantage. Even if Nashville had a rougher season, you know, Arvidsson you know, battling injury all year. Um, we're going to see what he does. I'm going to be interested to see Clayton Keller, how he plays in this. A young guy who's had an up-and-down season or year career, but a good player. Um, all right. Defenseman for the Arizona Coyotes, you have – Goligoski, you have Oliver Ekman Larson, you have Jacob Chikrin, you have um, Jordan Osterley, you have uh, Jason Demers, you have Nicholas Halmerson um, or Jalmerson. You start getting down into some depth guys uh, versus Nashville, you have Yossi, Ellis, Ekholm, Fabro. Um, it looks like Holzer and Tenorti are going to get that third pairing. Um, how do you see this defensive matchup taking place? I think the, the Predators always have the edge most likely on the defensive side of the puck, but you can't rule out the Coyotes either. I mean, they've got some very good depth guys here with um, obviously Ekman Larson and Jomerson and Gagoski and Demirs, but um, and even Jomerson. But uh, I think for the Predators – on the defensive side of the puck, they're going to have to – I mean, we saw this season it, they allowed chances in the defensive zone that they didn't in the past, in the last few years, I guess. Um, and we kind of saw a step backwards, I almost want to say, outside of Roman Yossi, um, once they traded P.K. Subban. So – and I think a big liability for Nashville now was Ham Hughes in the lineup that you saw from Adam. No, no, it's okay, so that was a massive liability. We would always point out Ham Hughes. If they end up playing Ham Hughes, I hate to say it, he's too slow now. He can't keep up. Love the guy, but... especially with the speed the Arizona Coyotes could possibly bring to the series. Uh, he, we, we'd see it every game. He would get either caught in the offensive zone in the transition. He can never get back. Um, and so the Predators have to be kind of careful. They don't want to – they don't need to create a situation for themselves where they put Ham Houston, unless they have to, but where they put Ham Houston, and, and then you're kind of left hopeless on the, the third pairing there. Because then you gotta you got to do something with the second pairing, but you don't really want to put Ham Houston with, you know, I don't know, I mean, Tenorti maybe, but – Right now, Hamus and Weber have been playing together as that fourth pairing is, is what the – but the thing is, is that you don't really have this, you know, if you're – hopefully you're not having to use that fourth pairing. Now, do we – Holzer played very little, if at all, 
Yeah. Um, I don't even – did he get in a game? Maybe one or two. I don't think he did. Um, I don't think he did either. But you No, I think, I think he got one game. One game. He got one game in a Preds uniform. Um, you know, gets in the game. I think he'll be a, a, a bigger guy. That's probably pretty good against Arizona. Body him up a little bit. Um, I look at Ryan Ellis and Roman Yossi. Yeah. Um, most people will tell you that's the best defensive pair in the NHL. Most people. And, and when I say – I've read article after article, and they'll easily say, yeah, that's the best defensive pair in the NHL right now. And, and it's because of how dominant Roman Yossi is. Uh, I think he's the Norris Trophy favorite from, from what most people – are saying, but what also you are seeing is you're seeing Ryan Ellis has said um, that he, uh, or not that he said, he has been dominant. He has, he led the Predators with a 56% expected goals rate and was almost as productive at scoring as five on five. Um, for the whole year, Rossi, Yossi was on pace to be worth 4.3 wins. But Ryan Ellis was also on pace to be worth 4.3 wins. Right. That pairing, what does Arizona have to throw at it? Do they have a pair that can do anything with that? Uh, I don't – realistically, probably not. Um, But then you got to think – if they end up spreading some of their players out, then you're down to really just one very good defensive line. But then you got Ekholm on the second line for sure. But and I guess Fabro. Um, so it would it's not too bad. But Roman Yossi and Ryan Ellis really create, I think, a problem for the the Coyotes. But you're going to have to find a way to get more production out of your second and third line too. Cause you can't just rely on your first defensive pairing to really do everything for you. Rather. I know, I mean, Yossi could, and so could Ryan Ellis, but uh, you're going to go what every other day playing a game. So. Well, back to back. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to throw out here by two key people in this series um, for Nashville and for Arizona. For Nashville, you know Yossi and Ellis are going to be good. You know Ekholm's going to be good. What is Dante Fabro going to be? Um, if if he can say, I'm done being a filler guy. Now, granted, he's young. He's in his first season. If he can say, I'm done being a filler guy, I'm going to be that guy who is a top four guy, that's a great thing. That is something that would be crucial crucial to the Nashville Predators. You right. cannot have that second pairing have a major hole in it. And frankly, it did all year. Ekholm suffered majorly because he did not have a solid partner. Now, yeah. you go to Arizona. Who's their key guy? It's got to be Oliver ekman Larson. It, it, oh, it must not. It has who, to. Who wasn't even playing first pairing minutes throughout the year, and he only had a 48% expected goals rate throughout the season. And this is a guy who's an offensive defenseman who's known to be great, but he uh, he just had 
a 2.4 points per 60 minutes on the power play, which out of 60 defenders who had 100 or more minutes on the power play was 55th. Yeah. He's 35th. Uh, in in twenty in the he's being the, in the twenty thirty fifth and twenty cents percentile for controlled exits and entries. It's not great. Oliver Ekman Larson. If the Coyotes want to win this series, Ekman Larson has to be better. Yeah, he, he does. Has to be the guy that that they sign him to be this dominant player that he actually can be. Yeah, I mean, but we we've seen that before from them. Um, when Nashville's played Arizona, he's done very well. But yeah, he had a not a very good season. I mean, don't you have an Oliver Ekman Larson jersey? I do. It's in the the what is that one jersey called they have? I forgot now. Kawat the black one. Yeah, whatever it's called. It's gorgeous, is what it is. Um, all right, moving on. Goaltending matchup: Darcy Kemper, um, Auntie Ranta, Aiden Hill. Versus, um, versus Pecorini, 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 <laughs> UC Soros, and uh, Connor Ingram. Goaltending is going to be huge in the series, in every planned series. Who takes the cake, goaltending wise? Who's who's going to be in? realistic here, man? I really like Pekka and Saros in this series. And I, but from the looks of what we've seen from Pekka and Camp this season, I'm going to give the edge right now to the Coyotes because they've got two very good goaltenders in Kemper and Ranta um, who had pretty good seasons. They played about the same amount of games, 29-33 in favor of Ranta. Yeah, and they have – they both were good. I do. Oh. Um, and then you go look at Pekka, who – Yeah. I, I had 36 games played. And actually, Soros ended up with 40 games played. So he ended up playing more games, but Pekka has a 3.17 GAA with well, an 8.95 save. A lot of those game plays were not starts. Right. Um, Rene right. started 35 versus Saros 34. Yeah. So you, you look at that. Rene got pulled in several of those bad boys. He did. Um, that Saros. He never really found a good rhythm, Pekka did. Um, it, it, the hard part for him was he'd go in, he'd have a good game. Next game he'd play, he'd give up five. And, and he never found a good, hey, we're going to uh, – consistency in this season. Which is surprising to me. But it's interesting because Rene has been such a good goalie for so long. Yeah. And he has this year. Um, and I think part of it is the, the defensive play. Because um, once you're getting into those bottom two defensive pairings, like you said, Ekholm lost a guy in PK. Um, who could – if Ekholm made a mistake, he, he knew PK was there to back him up. Whereas right now, if you got Dante Fabro, he's still so young, he, he doesn't – he can't really – Ekholm can't really make a mistake and have Fabro cover for him. Well, um, and, and here's, here's my – I'm going to play devil's advocate a little bit on the defensive thing. 
from January through this season shutdown, Saros had a 9.34 save percentage. Yeah. So we can say it's defensive play to an extent, but Saros got in a groove. And once oh, he, he started did. getting starts, man, he was second in the league and goals like saved. What What is the exact? Like the, high danger. Yeah, like the high danger uh, goal saved above expected. I mean, this guy, he came on strong. Um, Nashville, who are you starting? Are you starting Rene or Soros? Now, I know this is a tough decision because we didn't really get to see a ton of training camp. No, but if, if I think if you're looking at Nashville as a whole, um, this is hard because, like you said, we didn't get to see training camp that much. But if it's me, it will – I think I would honestly – I think I would start – man, that's a tough one. I know Pekka's had a bad Little season. Playoff starts. I think, I think you got to start Pekka. And then if he ends up – you can't have a long leash on the guy. I mean, you can't give him, hey, four goals, you're done. I think you give him two, maybe three, and if – and I say two. We're not saying two over two periods. We're saying two and like he did against Winnipeg in game seven. Um and then if that happens, you go to Soros the next game. You play him, and then you play him again. I will uh, – I'll tell you this. I watched some training camp. Um, I, I was busy, so I didn't get to watch all of it, but I kept track of it. One of the days I was watching, it was Rene versus Soros. Teams were pretty even, the way Coach Hines organized them. Um, and mm-hmm. one team had seven shots and four goals, and the other team had 14 shots and one goal. Yeah. Which one had gotten scored on four times? It was Pekka. Oh, yeah, well, it was Pekka. Yeah, I remember that. Um, I think his time might be done. Yeah. I I think that you have to go with Soros. Now, the one thing is, Soros historically never comes good out at the start of the season. He needs yeah, he to get in rhythm. He needs like a month and a half to get, get with good. What you said with this not a long leash, give him a short leash. I start Soros. If he messes up, you start Rene. End of story. I think the biggest the biggest challenge here for all the teams, it's since it's, these are five game series, so you, you've only got really three games to really screw up. Um, and if you if if one goalie goes does bad, and then one does bad, then Another one, I mean, who do you go for two for game three? Honor Ingram. Yeah. yeah let's, let's real quickly, as we get ready to close, go to the Arizona goaltending situation. Kemper or Ronta, who you starting? Kemper played 29 games. Ronta played 33. Kemper had a 9-2-8. Ronta had a 9-2-1. Who is your starting goaltender there? I really like Ronta. Um, I think he'd be okay. Um, man, that that's another tough one because they're both very solid goaltenders. They're very almost equally matched here. Yeah. But I really like Ronta and Kemper as a backup. But Kemper could almost be the starter here too. So I was gonna say I'd probably play Kemper just because I watched him all year and he was a solid player. Uh, well, I watched him when he got to play. And he was a solid player. Um, if the Preds Preds are gonna have a hard time scoring. 
because of the way Arizona plays and the goaltenders that they have. These could be some real boring games. Real boring games. Um, and since we'll let that be a transition as we close, those are boring games. They're going to be some exciting ones. Which series are you marking on your calendar? You're not missing this game, these games. Oh, man. Probably out of this five-game series, um, man, I, I think I'd have to go with probably the – I really like – I'm actually very intrigued by this Blackhawks Oilers series. Um, I, real, realistically. Correct answer. Correct answer. So – I think that one, to be honest, that one's very intriguing because on one hand, you got the Blackhawks who historically have been very good in the playoffs, but recently have sucked. Right. Um, and then you got the Oilers who somehow made it and did well. So I think the Oilers would win that series. But David and Drysaddle, baby. But I think that's a very intriguing series because you've got Patrick Kane and John Mateus on the other side. Um so, but I think the biggest issue for the Blackhawks is their goaltending. Um, so, that's true because Crawford has the Rona. I thought um, he, I thought he was back. Oh, is he back? I'm pretty sure he's back. I just saw a headline a couple of days ago, and uh, he yeah, might Crawford, be back. yeah, Crawford's back. Oh, sweet, Crawford's back. Look at that. Um, that's good to hear for the Chicago Blackhawks. All right, well, mark your calendars. Um, tell your friends. Get together with your friends if. You all know you're healthy um, and enjoy the games. Go crazy. Uh, Saturday, August 1st, Oilers Blackhawks. Be ready for that one. Sunday at 1 p.m., we get the Nashville Predators and the Arizona Coyotes. Looking forward to it. If you listen this far, thank you so much for listening. I'm excited to see. Uh, I'm just excited to have hockey back. Excited to watch um, some of these teams later. Uh, Ethan, any closing remarks? No, I think we're going to have a lot of fun here, though. I agree. I agree. Hopefully we can get more consistent with these as time goes on. Um, But we love all of you who listen, and we'll see you guys next time.